0: Hello fellow OCD warriors! I'm Christina Orlova, your host on the OCD Whisperer podcast, your trusted companion in the battle against OCD. If you're like me and understand the struggles of living with OCD, then you're in the right place. But before we dive into today's episode, I want to tell you about something incredible. Get your OCD survival kit today at www.onlineocdacademy.com. It's filled with amazing resources, to aid you in all things OCD, whether you're on a tight budget or just looking to supercharge your progress. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome to OCD Whisperer Show. Today with me, I have Erica Lugo. So she is a USA Network's Biggest Loser and Social Media Women's Wellness Influencer. Wife, mom, and mildly over the top with dogs and all things Halloween. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Hello, thank you. I love that. That was a great little bio you have there. Thanks. That's probably the shortest bio I think I've ever had.
1: <laughs> Short and sweet. You know, everyone's always like, share more of your accolades, and I'm like, oh, I'm okay. People can Google me if they want to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, so we connected because I, I've seen your posts on Instagram, and you know, you were talking about OCD and and mm-hmm. that you know, for you, the journey was kind of, you know, a little kind of different. And it sounds like maybe even slightly surprising. So I thought maybe, you know, it would be helpful to have folks hear about kind of how did you find out you have OCDs, you know, since everybody's so different, right? It can be from hormones. It could be from some trauma event. It could be no trauma, but a stress event. It could be Mm -hmm. for kids, you know, getting streps throat. So like, there's so many ways. But what was your journey? You know, so mine, and I always preface by saying
1: I'm someone who I, I felt like I've never had any mental health battles my whole life. I've never had anxiety or depression or OCD until all of a sudden, you know, I feel like a light switch just kind of went off. You know, my husband kind of explains you were fine one day and the next you weren't. This time last year, exactly. I was just having this conversation with my grandma. I had visited Texas and I came back and I was just like not feeling right. I felt very like buzzy. I felt like I had adrenaline running through my body a lot and I, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't work out, which is my job. So I go to the doctor and right off the bat within five minutes, she's like, Oh, that's anxiety. So here's some Zoloft, you know, good luck. You'll be fine. You maybe feel like you want to crawl out of your skin for a couple of days, but like it'll pass really soon. So, you know, I have friends and family who are on it who've never had any issues. And I guess at that point I was looking for so much help to relieve the physical symptoms, because it had gotten so bad, I couldn't function that I was just like, okay, I'm going to take whatever my doctor tells me. And within a few days, those antidepressants have black box warnings. It wasn't even something that I was told. It wasn't even discussed in my appointment. And within three days, I started having suicidal ideation. I started feeling, you know, just really off and just very, just very weird, not myself. And I, I just, I did want to crawl out of my skin. I started having really dark, intrusive thoughts. And obviously I go to my doctor and she tells me to get off of it. So I get off that medication, we go through just trying a couple more. And it was the same thing every time nothing was working for me. So once the medication was out of my system, I still felt very anxious. And then I was starting to deal with depression as well. But I started getting those thoughts that Zoloft gave me of self harm, looping in my head. And I was like, really distraught. Like I, I would, I would get the vision in my head, very graphic. And I would actually feel the sensation on my body of, of what I would do to myself, you know, with the the visions that Doloff gave me. And I was just so distraught. And I, I was telling my therapist, I went to a therapist at this point. I'm like, I don't know what this means. Does this mean I'm, I'm suicidal? Does this mean I want to hurt myself? I, I have no idea. And she's like, I think you might have OCD. And she's like, there's some types with OCD. And I was like, I had no idea what this meant. I've never heard of, you know, obviously you've heard of OCD. But for me, it it felt like I don't have compulsions. I don't, I'm not scared of germs. Because those are the things that you hear so much. I was like, I I don't have that. You know, I I worked with Howie Mandel with the project. So I was really aware of, you know, what he battles with. So like that, that's not me. She goes, no, you can have pure O is what they call it, or, you know, self-harm O or something. I forget the subtype name, exactly what she told me. So we went through a whole evaluation and sure enough, I got diagnosed with OCD. So for me, when I got that diagnosis, it was a little bit of relief, but also still being scared because I was like, okay, I'm not quote unquote crazy. I'm not suicidal. I just have these looping thoughts so much. Right. So that's how I found out, you know, looking back in my life, I guess I've always called it work ethic or um, laser focusedness. I've always been very obsessive with certain things and I will go, you know, zero to 180 really fast and I'll constantly think of it. I'll constantly obsess with it until it's done or until it doesn't bug me or give me like a little bit of an unsettling feeling. So looking back, I guess I've always kind of had a little bit of a subtype of OCD, but this has been a whole new beast for me to, to manage.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's a lot. And that's such also interestingly enough, a common journey for people where, right. Like, cause what you see in the media or people you might know, it's exactly that it's cleaning or it's keeping things, mm-hmm. you know, lined a certain way, or even people will say things like, Oh yeah, I prefer, you know, whatever X, Y, Z. Right. And, and the reality yeah. is it's like, this is not a preference. This is such a, anxiety panicky, and yeah debilitating process but you're exactly right when you don't you don't hear you don't know that there's all these Mm -hmm. different ways you can manifest like you have no idea that's what you're dealing with so can you kind of tell us a little bit about kind of what treatment have you done for it or how did you get into even getting the right treatment for it because you know people oftentimes also will scramble in that in that way
1: yeah and i'm the type of person i'm very thankful i have amazing resources you know i own a functional health coaching company so for me, you know when all that stuff happened and medicine wasn't working for me, I knew in my core, I'm like, okay, these thoughts are so uncontrollable and I've never had them before and plus I'm physically feeling ill. I wasn't sleeping, I was so anxious, I wasn't eating. I was having multiple periods a month, then spotting in between, I was having heavy periods, like all of these things and you know, with my background, I was like, okay, there's something hormonally off in me. So, you know, I got a hormonal Dutch test is what they're called. I got the Dutch complete test. And, and sure enough, my have zero testosterone, I had zero progesterone, I don't have a thyroid since I had thyroid cancer about three and a half, four years ago, Mm. my thyroid levels were completely tanked. It was almost the perfect storm for anxiety and depression. And then OCD got triggered somehow, right? Like you said, it could be a stressful event or a sickness, and it it got triggered by what I guess I had went through. So the biggest thing that has helped me has been obviously hormone replacement therapy has been a huge game changer for me. Because with OCD, you need to sleep, you need to be able to have your body calm. So being able to have progesterone and actually fully sleep again, eight hours versus an hour every night or be awake all night has been very helpful. And I wasn't physically anxious. So my body was able to actually like, tap into a little bit of parasympathetic state, which has been good. So I take bioidentical progesterone. I started, you know, testosterone replacement therapy, which was helpful. Other things, more of a natural way, NAC, NAC, I I discussed with my doctor, has been, you know, there's been a lot of great studies on NAC with OCD. And I obviously say, you know, talk with your doctor before you obviously do anything. But NAC has been super helpful with me with the looping. I don't get stuck in the looping so much. But the other big thing has been ERP. So once I got diagnosed with OCD, you know, I live in, in Dayton, Ohio, and we don't have all the amazing resources like, you know, bigger states and bigger cities do. So finding an ERP specialist and an OCD specialist in my area was just non-existent. So I started working with no OCD, the app. And I, you know, it's interesting, the algorithm always algorithms, Correctly. So like when I'm stuck on a you know an OCD video a little bit longer, then all these OCD resources start popping up. And that's where I found no OCD. So I did an evaluation. Sure enough, obviously, yes, they confirmed my OCD. And I started working with a therapist, which has been wonderful with ERP. It has helped me so much. But I feel like I still have that little missing link. Like I still loop on the thoughts once or twice a day. And it still rattles me to the point where I'm uncomfortable. And that's where I found you. Because my therapist, as great as she is, she's my EMDR therapist and talk therapist. And she knew OCD was something obviously I dealt with. So she went ahead and did that. I think it's what is it called? ICBT is what it's called. Inference-based CBT. Uh Uh Uh-huh. Yes. So she started going through the training modules with that and, and getting whatever courses she needed for that. But she's still learning. So it's hard for me to learn with her. And that's where I was like, okay, I need to reach out to someone who is really well versed in this. And that's where I found you. So I've done so many different modalities, but I would say, you know, getting my body physically right has been very helpful and then learning ERP and now, you know, hopefully working with you in the future too.
0: Well, um, that's an amazing journey and thanks for sharing all a that. Lot. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it is a lot. I mean, listen, when you have a full-time, you know, work and, you know, especially when you are more public in terms of being a public figure and kind of, you yeah. know, out, out on that different platform, it's a whole different way that you have to really kind of think through things, right? And mm-hmm. and in many ways, putting your story out there, right, and having people, you know, hear and and hopefully, right, understand that hey, look at that, it can happen in this way too, right? And yeah, you know, I, I think the most beautiful thing I'm hearing too is also really taking care of the physical component, right? I, I think that we can't understate that how yeah, important it is to also you know adjust to, well, whatever adjustment you need to make, right? Because hormonally, like you just mentioned, and I saw some of your posts where you're like, hey, if, if you know, you might be, you know, perimenopausal, for example, or mm-hmm. thyroid or other issues, like you do actually need to pause and shift how you're, you know, addressing your physical wellness and and that yeah. component of, you know, having that release through that way. And also, you know, patience and, and not kind of judging yourself and, and being really self-critical, because I think that's a big part that we tend to do, don't we? Right.
1: Yeah, and and to your point, being a public figure, you know, I think on Instagram I have like six hundred and forty something thousand followers, and I was on national TV with my own show for a year, and you know, people look at me, and and I think when I was going through it, I didn't want to share so much because I didn't know I was so scared, you know, I hell I went from being just a normal everyday person with no mental health issues or struggles ever, thank my lucky stars, to all of a sudden almost having an emergency plan set up for my husband to send me away, should I need the help? And, and having these really dark graphic thoughts and like just scaring myself and, and going from who I was to what I was dealing with, I was really ashamed to share it. And how many people on social media say, hi, my name is Erica. I have dark intrusive thoughts about self-harm. No one, right. but the most I, the more I open up about it, I had lunch with a friend who was an old client of mine from years ago. When we caught up, we haven't talked in like two or three years. And I was like, yeah, I got diagnosed with OCD. And because I was having these dark intrusive thoughts and they kept looping. She goes, maybe, maybe I have that. And I was like, do you have intrusive thoughts about hurting yourself? She goes, yeah. And she goes, but I'm not suicidal. And I was like, here we go. This is why we need to open the conversations because so many people are scared to say that. And I'm a little bit of an oversharer. I've always kind of been that way. So you can come up to me and I'll just meet you and they'll be like, Hey, how's it going? I'm like, Oh, well, you know what? I just, I just had a really big mental health breakdown. I got diagnosed with OCD and I had some really dark intrusive thoughts and they're like, Whoa, that's, <laughs> that's a lot. But I would say 75% of them go, I do too. Hmm. And no one talks about it. So I was really ashamed to say it out loud. and you know, with my job, you know, I talked about it and People Magazine picks it up and says, Erica Lugo was suicidal at one point. No, that's not the truth. Erica Lugo had OCD, right? And struggles with OCD. So I have to be really careful, but I think I'm happy for the mistakes. I'm glad that People Magazine or whoever wrote that article, because now people can come to my page and relate to me and understand you're not depressed. And maybe if you are, it's okay to talk about it and go get help. Because it was it's just, especially as an entrepreneur, as a mom, as a wife, as a business, whoever you are, whatever you do, you know, we talk about the stigma with men. I think it's just as much there with women. We're a little bit more open to go get help, but at the same time, we're not, we're not really honest with ourselves a lot. And I think that's, what's really important, especially the older you get. And you're right. I had to do things very different. My whole life was fitness. My whole life was wellness. I lost 160 pounds. I got on a national TV show to help people lose weight and become a national trainer to help people lose weight. And I had to do everything differently. I had to slow down the crazy workouts. I had to slow down the aggressiveness. I had to slow down the all or nothing mentality. And my workouts are walking now. I meditate now. I stretch now. I cold plunge now. I make sure I get nine hours of sleep. And instead of waking up at 5 a.m. to hit the gym, I sleep that extra two hours because my body needs it, right? So Those things have helped me heal along the way. And I still have a lot of work, but compared to where I was a year ago, I am night and day different, night and day different. And I kind of get goosebumps thinking about it because it was just such a bad and dark place because of what OCD, you know, took over my life. It really took over my life.
0: Yeah, OCD is definitely, it's not anything cute. And it really is very intense, very debilitating. It is a disorder. And so, yeah, I mean, again, thank you for just being, you know, I know you said you're an overshare, but I think it's awesome. You know, when somebody is a public figure and you have big platforms, I mean, like all of us, it's a personal choice, of course, right? Right. Uh, But if you're able to use that and and put that voice out there, I mean, I I think that you just have an even bigger reach, right? And it helps people then to really, kind of hear and recognize like, yeah, it literally can happen at any point. These are all the different ways you can, but you know, this is not something where like just we don't want you to get stuck and thinking this is a this is like a life sentence. It's it's more like, okay, right. this is this is intense and I need to take a moment to understand what's happening to me. Right. And then once I can kind of make sense of it, then I can kind of pick up and go again. And like you said, right, and make the changes I need to make to help me overall be better. Right. And yeah. grow as a human.
1: Well, in OCD though, you know what you said is is no, it's not a life sentence, but OCD will tell you it is, and that's one of my things too. I think when you and I talked last week, when I'm so mad and sad I had to miss our appointment, but I, I talked with her, you know, last week, and I I said, you know, mine is the obsessiveness of things will never work with me, and I'll never get better, and then the self harm aspect, right, or the the images and thoughts of it. So it's it's interesting you said we just have to remember that's not going to be a life sentence, and for me, that's my OCD. I'm like, ah. Oh. I'm going to be like this forever and it's never going to work for me. But I've I have learned over the year to find some solace and saying, you know, OCD is also about reassurance. That's a compulsion, right? So I have to be careful about that sometimes and I have to reframe it differently because I'll always be like, oh, well, there's, there's always a new modality or there's always a therapist to help me or there's always something. And I just have to be like, nope, that's your OCD talking. It is okay to not know what's going to happen next. And it's okay being okay with the unknown. And learning to accept that. So if anyone's out there struggling, I went from zero to 180 really, really quick. And again, I always can kind of get emotional about how dark and scary my life got. But I'm here a year later, still working on it. And um, it'll pop up, you know, sometimes every day. And I just have to kind of just breathe and recognize it and go through the steps and use the tools that were given. That's been the hardest thing for me. I'm that type of person where I'm like, oh, I learned it. So I should be good. <laughs> no, that's not the case at all. I have to really exercise those practices every single day. And I can tell when I don't exercise those practices, how it comes back a little bit more aggressively. I think my therapist said it's like OCD is like whack-a-mole, right? It'll pop up in different ways really quickly if, if you don't kind of keep keep tabs on it and know how to manage it. So just, just watching out for those signs is really important.
0: Yeah. And I think, I mean, like you said, right. It's under, there's a different thing, right. Knowing that I have this thing now and that this is something that I'm going to have, like, like that's, that's just embracing and understanding. Like, I don't know, like if you find out you have diabetes suddenly it's okay, well I have diabetes. Right. So, but then it's saying, okay, what, and how do I want to live? Right. So that it doesn't become a life sentence, but knowing that living life period in general, you're going to have triggering situations Mm -hmm. because it's not like life is all roses and daisies and everything's wonderful. It's like, no, it's still life. Like we still have things happening that are not always in our control. So it's more that though, as those things happen, I at least now have a different awareness I can bring to it. Right. Like you just Mm -hmm. said, I know now to look out for that reassurance. Right. Or I know now, for example, that even though, you know, friends might say, Oh, talk about stuff like talk like process it. And you might say, And I might need to maybe do that a little differently because when I start to process it, I can get into this compulsive over-talking, which really becomes a form of reassurance. So for me, actually, I need to not over-process it, right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe I talk to one friend and then I need to sit with it, uh, right? So these are all the ways you now know how you need to navigate because you're like, oh, no, this is these are aspects how OCD will kind of creep in.
1: Yeah, and to your point again, I never thought I had OCD, obviously because I was never clinically diagnosed. But saying those things, like the way oversharing or the way I talk, I have been that way my whole life, and I never correlated it because it was never in a negative way for me. But that was because I was feeding into it so often; it made me feel good. So yeah, it's just very interesting looking back. I'm like, oh, okay, I have struggled with this a long time until it, it smacked me in the face with dark intrusive thoughts. <laughs> it always served me. It don't quote unquote served me. What I thought better, but it really didn't. I think it just escalated for so many years until it just kind of went full force a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming yeah. and sharing. I really appreciate that. I, I know that anybody hearing it out there, it can probably feel comforting to know, like, yes, exactly. Just like that. It can it's just suddenly just hits and feels extremely intense and yeah. self-harm, just like any other you know ocd subtype topics I, I think most important to know is compulsions are not always physical there's a lot of things we might be doing internally in our mind um yep. even with the you know like I said sharing or reassurance seeking ways that we don't we're not researching researching a is a big one
1: yeah yeah i will one. be i when i feel anxious or sad i will i used to i don't do anymore but i would be on like reddit for hours and i would just constantly be on youtube and tiktok looking up things and You know, especially with the medication, that was my OCD. And this was before I was diagnosed. So, again, looking back, I can see all those things. And, you know, I guess the last thing I want to share too for me is I remember when I got diagnosed with OCD or even just depression or general anxiety disorder, and medication didn't work for me. I think that made my OCD feed more because I thought I'm never going to get better because there's no medicine out there. I'm always going to struggle. Life isn't worth living this way if I'm always going to struggle because not even medicine will help me. I want to tell anyone who struggles with the same thing, like medication may not work for you, may make you sick or worse, like it did for me, but just keep going because there, you can get through it without medication. If, that, if that's what's the path for you, right? And I think, I don't think enough people say that when it comes to healing and talking about mental health, no one ever really shares, oh, I'm on Zoloft. So that helps. They just say, oh, I'm better. I spent years in therapy and da, da, da. They don't say, oh, I'm on medication it doesn't work for everyone. And I think that was really what was scary for me. And and I had to get over that hump for, Mm -hmm. and I still work on it. Right. Like that's been a big, yeah, a big tool for me, like learning, Hey, it doesn't work for me, but that doesn't mean I have to suffer forever.
0: Exactly. Like you just said, right. It's, it's very individualized in that way because for some people, yes, medication and and doing therapy is great for some people. It's not, it's just doing therapy, but Mm -hmm. making sure that you get, you get some form of treatment and it kind of yourself, right. See, see which one of these is actually working for you. And then, and then you, like you said, then you got to practice that muscle, right. You got to keep exercising it. Exactly. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for coming thank on. Now, know. How can people find you if they want to find you?
1: You can just find all my social platforms. They're all in the same. It's is at EricaFishLove across the board. So Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and my website. So you can find me anywhere. Bring it out there. Awesome. Well, thanks for
0: coming. Yes. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on the OCD Whisperer Podcast. Remember, your path to freedom from OCD, it's a journey. Visit www. Dot onlineocdacademy.com for self-help masterclasses that fit your journey, your pace, and your budget. We understand that not everybody can afford a specialist, and that's why we're here to provide accessible resources. Subscribe, rate, and share, and together we can overcome the challenges of OCD. Stay strong, and we'll catch you on the next episode.